0: Yeah! All right. All right. Hey, guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks in Podcast, episode number 260. I'm your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. There he is. Uh, In this episode, we are talking about Babylon, starring, among others, uh, Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt. Uh, But before we get started, we want to please ask you to subscribe to the podcast on any of our streaming services, including Apple, Spotify, and now Amazon Music. Make sure that you leave a five-star rating and maybe even a review. We'd really appreciate that. Uh you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at three drinksinpod. You can like us on Facebook and you can email us at three podcast at gmail.com. Last of all, don't forget to check out our merchandise store over at tpublic.com. Yep. You can do all those things. You can. And you should. Immediately. Well wait, go do that. Actually, no, don't don't because that 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 kind of screws with with the algorithm, apparently. If you stop yeah. and go to something else, so finish oh, I, this. I mean,
1: don't do that,
0: <laughs> and then go. Do not turn to another channel.
1: <laughs> so, so Babylon. How many days did it take you to watch this movie?
0: <laughs> Five. <laughs> I wanted to think, just because I had to watch it on my on my on my lunch breaks at work, and I get like a half an hour or so, and I'm sitting there like, all right, I'm gonna eat my a boiled chicken and my brown rice and I'm going to watch Babylon. Um so you I, know I watched it as God intended on my phone <laughs> in a room with you know with a with a window behind me for for glare and in you know short short half hour bursts. So that's it's a terrible way to watch, <laughs> watch this movie. Yes, no, it ended up not not helping me at all. But um but yeah, so I. Now, I this is like two weeks ago that I did this. So not only is this not good for the memory in terms of breaking up this film into, you know, multiple arbitrary parts, but uh, it was a while ago. So let's, re- let's do a quick rundown of the plot so we can sort of, you know, rewire my brain so that I know what the heck I'm talking about here. So uh. this is the story of. Three people essentially. Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, and the new gentleman whose name I don't know because I'd never seen him before, and he's not named Brad Pitt or Margot Robbie. Do you have his name by chance? Uh no, time, not Miguel Um
1: something or other. Yes. And yeah, it's about him. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's his name.
0: (laughs) His name is Diego Calva. Wow. Okay. We we apologize to all the Miguels out there for assuming his, this
1: man's name. his character name is Manny Torres. Manny. Which, which yeah. is,
0: starts with an M? I don't
1: know,
0: Yeah, something. no, that's reasonable. We'll go with that. That's fine. Um so it's about the these three people making their way through Hollywood and sort of different coming at it from different points of view during the transition between uh silent films to the Talking picture era.
1: And yeah, the mid-1920s to the
0: very early 1930s. Yeah. And it does not go great for no. everybody at all. Um, so what did you think of Babylon?
1: Um I've gotta say it's always wonderful to see Flea getting more work. <laughs> Every time he turns up in something, I'm like, hey, Flea. Flea got a job this week. All right. And I'm, I'm never mad to see him. He does an okay job with the roles that they, that he takes. So I was like, there
0: he is. There's Flea. So what, now he's in this movie. What else was Flea in? Like, I knew it was Flea mostly because of IMDb. If I had gone back and looked at it afterward, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. Like, oh, that's Flea. Like, of course it was Flea. You know, who else yeah. is that ugly and that intense and that short?
1: And and his eyes are, you know, cerulean, for God's sakes. Yeah. It's really, I mean, he's been in his big thing, I think, was like Back to the Future, like part two. <laughs> he had a little role. And then after that, he's always been in like these side roles, like the, the Big Lebowski and Fear and Loathing. And he was recently in the Obi Wan Kenobi TV show huh yeah well, so you're like oh uh, okay <laughs> like he just sort of pops up every
0: so often where you see him You're like, he's yeah, really. got to pay off that you know giant circular house he bought in the hollywood hills somehow so uh,
1: yeah yeah so flea, flea was me. in this <laughs> um this is by the same guy who did whiplash damien chazelle yes sir he did whiplash he did la la land he did first man uh yes with the the space shuttle and everything. Well, yeah, no, with about
0: uh, Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong, right. Like trying to get the space shuttle launched. Like
1: Ryan yeah. Gosling was in that, right?
0: Yeah, it was about the, you know, it was, you know, a character study about uh Neil Armstrong and you know, the first I'm not even sure what that was about. We didn't like it. We we saw it you you know, years ago. Right. It was supposed to be like um
1: what it took to, to do these manned flights, like the planning and the, the determination and all that stuff. And, yeah, yeah. You I know, was going right?
0: over like the rest of his credits, and like he actually has very few. Whiplash as a short, the full-length feature film, La La Land, one up ep- two, two two episodes of the Eddie, uh, something called Stunt Double, and this. Like he's very he's he's very well liked and thought of in Hollywood. Um, but he hasn't really made a lot of pictures. He's very young. He's, he's like, young. He's, this, you know.
1: this is his um, give him all the money and let him do whatever he wants movie that yeah. every director seems to get. You know, like you bring in these big hits that make, you can get a crowd pleaser and then you have the one where all the people start winning awards and you make a couple of show that you can do yeoman's work if you need to and then they give you like the one for your passion project which is this, this is what this one seems to be. Mm. So that's why it's three hours and eight minutes. And it has every special effect and every big name person you can think of. And, you know, it it has jazz, which he's really into and everything. Mm -hmm. And it just throw it all at the wall and see what happens. (laughs) And what ended up happening was he made an extremely compelling movie. That's visually interesting and is absolute garbage when it comes to the story and everything else so like it was certainly like interesting to watch it was very compelling the guy can stage a scene and, and you know he can ratchet up tension he can do interesting uh, symbolism he can do all kinds of things the staging of the shot is fantastic music is great musical M- cues are great music was great i could you know like it, yeah. it, it goes so well with the scene but i mean my God, the story was unwatchable. I was like, I wish everyone would just stop talking. <laughs> just, just do this as a silent should have done it as a silent film if you loved silent films all that much. Um, the story was sorely lacking. The characters were terrible. The acting was okay. I thought Margot Robbie was a bit much. Um, yeah, she was but acting was horde. It was, it was uh, very interesting to watch. I really was like, I'm not enjoying this, but I can't look away. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, it was it was it was a beautiful disaster. Yeah, you know, like it was. It, like I remember, you know, you you mentioned it. Like we should do Babylon. I went okay. <laughs> it didn't really do great. In I mean, it was marketed very very poorly. Right, that's what seeing... I heard. And then like I watched a YouTube video about like these are the things they did to market the film. These are really stupid things, and this is why no one saw saw this movie. It's also hard to market a three hour period piece. No, no, no matter how little of Margot Robbie you know is left to the imagination, it's it's still kind of a stretch.
1: I don't think it it could have been that hard. Like yeah. I, I, it's a story about people making their way through Hollywood. That's exactly what La Longland was. Now, that was a much more crowd-pleasing,
0: aesthetically nice-looking yeah, movie. It was a, also like a romantic meet. It was a t- two-hour meet-cute, basically. But like
1: you could have shown, like, you know, you do the voiceover. Like, the actor struggling to find his way. The starlet star, struggling with stardom and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, okay. I, that's a movie I've seen a hundred times. And I remember watching the trailers for this and being like, what is this? Like, some sort of hedonistic Caligula-type thing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like they were only showing you shots of people like partying, they look coked out of their minds. There's an elephant or something. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't know what the movie was even about, you know. I didn't know it was about actors and people in the movie business, I certainly didn't know it was set in the 1920s. So, yeah. the only thing I knew they kept pushing was that it's by this director, and you know, I everybody likes those other movies, so even if it wasn't good, which I was like, you know, I heard it wasn't good, but I heard it was like good enough to watch it's certainly made by an artist like you know not it's not made by Brett Ratner you know <laughs> cranking out rush hour 3 you know, like it, it has a style and a message and everything to it so I was like well you know that could be good to watch there's nothing else to go see i didn't know
0: it was 3 hours <laughs> yeah, yeah i got that's that That's on <laughs> me. Whoa, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> sorry
1: bro, I didn't know that was 3 hours. I'm like yeah, yeah it's okay. Well, like I looked it up. I'm like oh my god, whoops. <laughs> That was <laughs> my bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like watching a train wreck and then being impressed at how the pieces landed. You know, like, oh,
0: well, that's I like the little kaleidoscope thing it did there. You know, yeah. Like, which I wouldn't like, watch it again. <laughs> and I've seen that, too. It was called Bullet Train. It also starred Brad Pitt. You know, like that was a... You know, an insane thing where, like, you know, you had a lot visually going on. But, like, the story was very straightforward, even if it was a little bit, you know, deliberately convoluted just for effect. Mm-hmm. This was just, like, we don't know, you know. Like, there there were moments where, like, certain characters' motives became insanely clear. But that came after three hours. Like, it was obvious, like, you know, what was going on in Brad Pitt's head. Before he goes and blows his brains out, it, you know, it, it it was obvious what you know what Margaravi was doing. You know, after about an you know an hour and a half, and then you meet her dad, and you figure out, oh, okay, this is pretty run of the mill, escapist from my terrible childhood stuff.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's the thing I was gonna say about the story.
0: I don't know if you wanted to get right into that. Well, I mean, there's not. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I basically felt the same way. Like there was there wasn't enough story here to go around, and what they did sort of hint at it it, you know you had to wade through all kinds of bullshit to get to it and uh, otherwise seemed like a rather indulgent affair which i guess was sort of the point he was trying to make um but yeah
1: what were you gonna yeah i think the the plots of these movies especially his are they hang on cliche really badly. And this one is the worst offender of them in that, you know, there was no shock or surprise. Like Brad Pitt is the aging actor who does fantastic in silent movies. And then when they start doing things like sound, he's having a difficult time adjusting. And it turns out he's like not really a good actor. He just is a good looking person and he gets passed up for roles and, as his career declines, he ends up shooting himself because between the drugs and the women and the lack of respect, he realizes how small he is and he kills himself. And at no point at all in that entire thing was I like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm so shocked. Oh, my God, he killed himself. Like, it's every
0: Hollywood cliched story about aging stars ever, ever. Yeah, and as, like, a side note, that was true for not just, the like, the character arcs, but it was true for literally everything in the movie. Like, the only surprising thing to me that happened was the elephant getting diarrhea. <laughs> like, that truly surprised me. And, but after that, like, th- for example, the scene where they're doing the sheets it's her first time doing a talking picture and sound was such a temperamental thing that like you really you needed like a dead quiet set and they put that guy in the box with the camera which had to be in a box because you couldn't camera made noise and the, the, the microphone which was only the one on the one would um would pick it up and so the box is 110 degrees and so they keep opening it up and they keep dismissing this guy. Oh, tough it out, you big baby. Get back in the box. Get back in the box. I'm like, "Oh, well, he'll be dead in the next 2 minutes." And sure enough, they open up the door yeah. and he collapses on the floor and yeah. he's dead. And like and th- and that happened a lot. <laughs> you know, with a lot of you know, I I guess towards the end too with the scene with Toby Maguire, those were sort of things I didn't anticipate happening. But um we can get that yeah. later, but like <laughs> the tropes and the thing, yeah, like that was, and I, I, yeah, I, can't. she's on drugs, so
1: it brings her down, and then she, they can't you know, make her a refined woman, and then and her mom's the in gambling a, is a mental institution, like yeah, that's
0: literally Marilyn Monroe's story, yeah, and
1: these people were based off of real actors and actresses and stuff at the time, like oh, were they? I didn't he, know that. He prides himself this this director on like you know, well, they always keep calling it Inside Baseball. He likes to sort of dazzle you with these things. But, you know, the same with Whiplash. Like, all these jazz pieces were really jazz and what have you. Yeah, so, like, like the Chinese lesbian actress who did the title cards mm-hmm. based based on a real actress and, all, and things like that. And fine, like, whatever. It's like when you make your sci-fi movie really realistic. I don't care because they're still doing all the cliché things that a, every Hollywood movie character does. Yeah. So when I went back and I was like, oh, it's based off this guy. I'm like, all right. So what? Nobody was alive back then that's alive now. So you could have just picked someone new or or changed it or whatever, but they all follow the same exact story beats. So like when she shows up at his house, i mean get to I'm in debt to gamblers. I need your help. I was like, Yeah, of course she is. <laughs> If it wasn't that she would have woke up in a hotel room with a dead
0: body or something, like
1: whatever it would take for him to have to get her out of trouble. That's all it really was.
0: Yeah, and you know, you're right. Like there is no reason to lean heavily into the inside baseball. You're going to make it work for you. Like in that show, The Expanse. You're right. Like they lean very heavily into you know making the um, you know the the science really an important part of the show but also it informs what happens in the story like and the characters like it works to further the story along and in, in this case it works n- for no reason other than like look what I know and look what you know the again it's like a based on a you know on a true storyline like it's just there to get you to be oh this was a real person did you know that like it doesn't serve any function other than to you know give you some kind of a Ooh, reaction about it which is which is basically uninteresting to me
1: and so we you know because the story is so cliche and everything it's obviously following this path he he fills the movie with just a lot of excess there's just a lot happening <laughs> you know it it felt a lot like the batman that movie we just saw mm-hmm. um where scenes are going on And you get the gist of the scene, but then they continue on. And you're like, why is the scene still going? You know, did that orgy scene in the beginning of the movie have to be half an hour? (laughs) Half an hour? I was like, this is the longest orgy I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're not doing, you know, Caligula here. Why is this taking so long? The whole point of the scene is that Margot Robbie gets lucky and she takes the place of another actress who ODs. And you see just how into helping the movies Manny is. He'll do anything to get a chance to be on a movie set. All right, <laughs> why is this taking so long? Yeah, it it you know, and that's it just really the first doesn't
0: scene. it. doesn't have to be a half an hour. Yeah, you know the 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 thing with you know Tobey Tobey Maguire does not have to be there at all. <laughs> I really don't think. All right. I mean yeah there's just chunks of it there's and like parts of it are funny and fast like her meteoric rise to stardom is done kind of through montage but sort of interesting montage you know like they you know they put her up there and they're trying to like she's so good at being a silent film star they don't even know how good she is that by the end they're like, can you give me one tear, one tear or two, one tear? Okay, one tear, and like to, to be able to cry on command like that, but give you you know exa- what the camera needs precisely. They show that happen over the span of a day. Do you also need to have the scene where there are like four thousand you know Skid Row extras, one of whom gets murdered or like you know accidentally speared? No, it doesn't. It's not. You can't say it's totally superfluous because it does set the stage for like how cavalier they are about the way in which they go about their business and the way in which that they, you know, it, it informs some of the character. But it's just not like we get that. Like he's he marries a woman every ten minutes. Brad Pitt's character, right? We don't need to see that he's also careless with you know with the drunken extras that they you know dragoon into being into the, the background shots of his movies.
1: Uh, yeah, they can you can trim these things. You know, it's, it's called it's- editing. Right. I I think of Lawrence of Arabia, which is an absurdly long movie. And all of those scenes are very important, but they were just a little too long. That walking in the desert stuff went on. I'm like, oh, get it. It's hot there. Like, (laughs) they need to be there. You can't not show him crossing the desert, but like, do we have to see every step the camel takes? So, like, in this scene, okay, I, I didn't really want to watch that girl pee on that fat guy's face. No. But I get it. But like they kept flashing, (laughs) they kept flashing back to what they were doing. And I was like, I don't, I already
0: understand that they're disgusting and perverted people. Like, when you lead with the urinating, there's really very few places after that where you can go that would bring me a new bit of insight as to what's happening with these people. You you got me. I'm there. You know, and, like, the, you know, the, the, po- <laughs> it's, like, all the little, like, I don't know, we like, we, like, are you paying attention? Yes, she's gonna shove that bottle up his butt, and you hear, like, the thump, yeah. that, that noise, like, <laughs> all right, well, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, so, yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of hammering at home. It was, ex- it was excessive. <laughs> and, you know. like, also, just to go back to the cliche thing for a minute, too, like, this is, Not a new topic. You know, Kaufman and Hart, the, you know, the famous playwrights from the Herder, they wrote a play called You Can't Take It With You a long time ago about this very topic. And the topic itself is interesting. You know, the whole idea of, like, the way in which you made pictures was so vastly different before the invention of sound that... It was basically like two completely different things. It was, you know, as stark and as clean a BC AD changeover as there's been in, you know, in popular in, in pop culture ever. You know, people point to a few sort of watershed moments with music. You have, you know, Elvis. I I get I forget what station he was on, but like you know, the Beatles on um was it what, what, show, what show was that? That was the um, Ed Sullivan Ed Sullivan show. Thank you. I'm like Epic Man. No, he was the other guy. Um, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, and I mean, it's harder the further you go back because you know we we we, we weren't recording these things like jazz. If you watch the Ken Burns jazz documentary, there's all these things that you know they like they they don't really know when 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 these things began, um, because it all it all began in poor black communities in the South, and you know we have a bit more of an idea like things with Mozart when things debuted for various composers but um you know going you know al jolson boom that was it the entire thing was different and everyone's life changed and the people who were good at doing one thing were in no way good at doing anything else like they were not suited for talking pictures at all it's just a different thing and that's not a bad story but it's also an old story and if you're going to tell an old story tell it with a new spin or give me something interesting. Give me a, you know, even a pared down version of this would have been fine. Like, it didn't have to have three characters. It could have just had one or two. And it would have been okay. Yeah. So,
1: the I think the reason that it's so cliched and, you know, when you said, like, it, that's been done before, is that the movie isn't really about this subject just the way that whiplash was not really about jazz and la la land was not about the, it. whatever <laughs> i can't tell you what that was what it was about two people who wanted to make it big they were following their dream i honestly don't remember and i saw it but i was like eh, it was okay mm-hmm. these it seems to be a recurring theme in all of his movies is that it's about how much a person has to do and sacrifice to be following the things that they are passionate about and what does it take and what kind of a person do you have to be to be successful at those things? Mm -hmm. And whiplash was really good at this because it didn't quite tell you or fall on one side or the other about what exactly has to be done. Because now I've heard enough from other people who took different things from that, you know, should that music teacher have abused and mentally tortured that kid to get him to be great? You know, is that what it takes to be a good musician? Uh, and so on and so on. This movie is more clear on what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be that movies have an innate power to charm and have people to you know believe in that they're making pure art, which is something the characters are constantly saying, especially Brad Pitt, you know, and it takes a certain kind of crazy psychopath to do the things that they're doing to make it great. You know, like to make it as as beautiful and as pristine a piece of artwork as possible, you got to be a little bit nuts, and you got to dedicate everything in your life to it because it's important. And I don't know how true that is. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's something we can sit and debate, but that, that we're seeing it being played out through the biggest cliches in Hollywood history. Right. The rising and falling starlet, the person who's aging out, um, the guy who wants to be a part of it no matter what, because you see them struggle through the whole movie to make it good, especially Manny, you know, he and other characters too. Like people are dying in this movie, like the extras on set, the guy in the box who gets cooked like in an oven, you know. <laughs> but whenever they're, they're doing the movie magic, Everyone sits and stares in awe of what they've created and they're happy about it. Yeah. You know, like the deaths are an acceptable casualty to the art. And it's just an odd way to frame it. That's why the story isn't exactly realistic in most ways. And it's certainly not, you know, 100% factually correct as to how you actually made those movies. They didn't make them all in one gen- desert and just rotate things around. <laughs> yeah,
0: know? it wasn't quite so chaotic. It was, really- and they
1: don't even talk about money. It's all no. about the art. Like when the when the studio boss comes down to watch Margot Robbie do her scene with sound for the first time. Even he, like, once they nail when she nails her scene in the take, and they all start cheering like it's the Super Bowl. Like, even the, the head honcho just stands there clapping. I was like, oh,
0: okay, it's about the art. Sure, it's- fine so Chazelle was quoted or interviewed and said something about how this was a a love letter to cinema but a sort of scathing indictment of Hollywood how he had sort of separated the two things and how I was like okay fine can you separate those things though will you get the art without Like, could you do this kind of stuff without the insanity of it? Or, like, I think, I can't tell what he's trying to say. Like, it was, to me, it was clear in Whiplash that, like, what, what? go ahead.
1: Well, I think it was not clear in Whiplash. In this movie, it is clear.
0: Well, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, it was, I guess, parts of it were, I don't know. I always felt that, like, the end of whiplash when he comes back out on stage and just decides that he's going to do this. And he and the crazy teacher have like a weird bonding moment. That's how I interpreted it. At least was that this was somebody who abused him and somebody who made him question his love for jazz and for music. And, um, he, you know, you know, drives himself crazy. So far gets into the accident, ruins his career, gets kicked out of the school and then is, in one final thing, tortured one more time in front of all these people. But then when he goes back on stage, he says, screw it, I'm going to do it. Anyway, they have a connection. That's the most interesting thing to me, is that the other guy doesn't walk off stage and he wins. I'm victorious in the whole thing. I bested my abusive coach, like, you know, in, um, what's it, Varsity Blues, when the mean coach at the end of the movie is... is ostracized by his players and is kicked out and then the 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 other guy takes over and that's how you 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 vanquish the bad guy and then you you know you win the game in this case he seems to team up with him by the end of that solo he's doing for 20 minutes and so to me it wasn't crystal clear with the characters but the director's point of view was like yeah maybe you do need to be kind of nuts And willing to accept certain kinds of abuse to push yourself towards the greatness that you assume is necessary to become iconic
1: that that comes through that comes through in all of them that if you're going to want to be really really good then you have to make sacrifices and you have to be very dedicated i just meant that it's not clear whether or not it's because of the teacher like would he, you know? Yeah, I've also okay. been that way without, that or would a different method have worked as well? Because clearly the kid was beyond dedicated. Like, it it took a certain kind of personality to do those sorts of things. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, and it, it doesn't happen until the end when Brad Pitt is upset that he's like old and being phased out and he's not useful or relevant, and he's speaking to the old lady who's the gossip columnist. Yeah. And she gives this little monologue about how he doesn't matter anymore. And he probably never really mattered as much as he thinks he mattered. And she says at one point, if an earthquake comes and hits this state and knocks everything into the ocean, it will just start all over again somewhere else. It will always just continue on. It's always going to be this way. Yeah. You know, like the manic depressive episodes, the drug use, the the obsession, like it's never ending. It's, it's constantly churning. And you know she gives them a little speech. Well, one day they'll look at you up there, and you'll always live forever, like the angels and whatever. But, but the point is that it never stops. It always goes on and on and on.
0: Yeah, she's basically saying like, this is just human nature. Right. Human nature doesn't have a history. It just you know it is what it is forever. It's just this is how human nature manifests itself in this business. Is what I took from that. Like you know if. If it was accounting, it would be an entirely different set of circumstances. But, you know, if you thought you were the, you know, like the hotshot guy at De- at Deloitte and Touche, and the, you know, and they said if Manhattan falls in- into the sea, the same nonsense would happen where, you know, wherever else they picked up and rebuilt.
1: Right. you're, not, you're not just you're just, you're just, you're part of the ride for now and then you get off the ride, but the ride keeps going with it, with or without you.
0: Yeah. And she you says, know? like, even I know what my role in this is. Yeah. And she's a bit more malleable than he is because of her position and what her job is versus what his job is right um, but yeah she has like an awareness of, of like a, you know a self awareness yeah. that he doesn't have
1: and there's no sense of irony when they talk about like how they want the work to be because in the beginning like you know he after the orgy, he's this drunken loud who's doing lines in the tent. While they're about to film, and he's doing, you know, he's as he's drinking, like the writers can't keep up with him, like they pass out drunk because he's just such an alcoholic. But he's not doing it like I don't care. He cares deeply about what he's doing, yeah. and he wants to do a good job. And they're all like that, you know, like they're they're not the cliched like trying to backstab each other and climb the corporate ladder so they can just have money and power and sex. Like that's not what they're doing. They really care about making a good movie and i was like I, I get it but we could have done this in 40 minutes <laughs> now- yeah
0: there is more earnestness and less cynicism in than and less cynicism in it um and the, like the cynicism really comes from the audience i want to say like people who like sort of like re- like re- reject them when they can't you know i'm not sure what the like but like it comes from somewhere because they you know they do lose their and so like I'm thinking about that quote all the time. Like, you know, like, like a hate letter to Hollywood, but a love letter to cinema. Like, what what exactly does that mean? I, I think you're supposed to hate the system, like the way it has to be made. I'm not so sure because, the, like, I don't know. Because <laughs> you, you're right. Like, the guys who are everyone involved with it is, I mean, they, you're right. They don't talk about money. They don't even like intimate about money. Like, it's just not part of the conversation. They're all talking about, I mean making the next big thing. I mean fame is the thing they talk about more than money. Yeah. And so like being a star and and signing loved and and, yeah, you know,
1: like the only time it really comes up is
0: for the the trumpet player. Yeah, well that that his entire thing was superfluous.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure why the trumpet player
0: was there. He he was there I mean, because I, you you can't make a movie about this without having a conversation about race. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you, I mean, I get that. But. You can't do that because it's part of the history, and you can't do that because that's such a an important part of the conversation about the past in Hollywood today. Like, you can't. It's just, it can't exist, and it's not a criticism of that. I'm just saying that like even though it's superfluous to the story, it's not superfluous to the people who are making it or, or, or making the movie. And, you know, he is the one guy who gets away and says, you know what? This is not for me. You're all out of your minds. He, you know, he he debases himself one time by putting on the boot black.
1: Right. He, he puts on the black face to make himself darker so that he can impress the Southern audience who's expecting to see Negroes or whatever it is.
0: Or, and, or at least not to see uh what what they thought was like a mixed band because of the just the lighting,
1: right? Because the lighting and and he's yeah. upset and he feels he sold his soul and so he returns. So like even his story is like, I only care about the thing I'm passionate about and I'm not willing to sell out. But that's like the only indictment of Hollywood where like they kind of make him do that.
0: Yeah, everyone else world wants thing. to be they, there. Yeah, it's a
1: horrible thing, but like. The, they easily manipulate everybody else but nobody else seems to care.
0: And like so that brings me to like the, the other thing was like like that was the like a big moment for Manny where like he I don't know
1: why. He, he's he's the one who has to convince him.
0: Right, he convinces him to do it and he kind of feels bad about it, but not really. And so because the art is all that matters. Right. And so like I, I'm trying to figure out who is supposed to be the character in the film that the audience latches onto. It kind of starts off as Manny. It's supposed to be Manny. But it's not really. And that's another weak point of the film is that we don't have a, a connection with a person going on a journey. We're just observing the whole thing like a picture on the wall.
1: Right. The, the reason that they're all cliches is because we don't spend any enough time with them as actual people. And any details were given about their backstories and their lives. Like, you know, Margot Robbie has an insane mother who's literally in an insane asylum. Her father is a idiot grifter. (laughs) Eric Roberts. (laughs) It's Eric Roberts. And I remember they said to her, like, how do you make yourself cry on command like that? She goes, I just think of my own home and how I left it. And like, even that's not actually a detail. It's just, you know, flavoring on the spices, spices of life. It's one more dumb cliche thrown on top of everything. They're not real people. And when you try to think of them as people, they're awful. Like you don't oh, actually yeah. want to spend any time with them. Mar- Margot Robbie has a really rough introduction to this film where you're, just, you're supposed to hate her right away. And then like now I'm supposed to like her because she's the rising starlet. I
0: mean, I mean you know? you're, you're not supposed to hate her right away. You're supposed to be both in love with her and terrified of her all at the same time because she's, you know, she's willing to do anything. I mean, she's basically a prostitute for the first half of this movie, All and right. then she's a drunken, you know, prostitute with a gambling addiction in the second half of the movie, and like, you're right, you're right. you like, you don't have anyone to really root for. Like, you kind of want to root for Brad Pitt because he seems like he's such a good guy. Like, his last line of the film, he says, "Who gave you the best tip you ever got?" He says, "Well, you did." You know, you give me like a hundred bucks or whatever it was, and then he goes and blows his brains out. But, like, the thing that he says to the woman, the Chinese lady who also gets out and, you know, goes to France, was like, wasn't it great when we got up every day and behaved like assholes and did terrible things, but it didn't really matter? And we, you know, the next day we just did it all over again. I'm like, oh my God, that's awful. Like, all those women he married who were insane who, you know, he didn't love and who he didn't treat well and they didn't treat him well. and the one, you know, one of them the, tries to shoot him. Yeah, <laughs> as far <laughs> as I can tell, I think know. she did. Just, she know. gets him, like, in the arm or something. Yeah, no, like... And, yeah. and, and, like, and like, the one guy who is like, believes in, in, in him so completely is also the guy who kills himself before him. Yeah. And, and it's and, not...
1: It, and he says all that to her, right? And, like... She was an out lesbian in the 20s and and she gets out because Manny says, you have to go. Your image is hurting us now or people are concerned about these things nowadays. But it's not because like they feel bad or they've seen the light or anything. It's just because you're hurting the, the movie. Yeah, you have to you have to go. You're hurting the film. And like Brad Pitt's the same way, like we could do all those things consequence free, but we still made great pictures while we did it. Like that was the price they were willing to pay. And that's all right with them because the
0: movies were good. And the the same made
1: a difference. There was an importance to them.
0: And like, you know, with, you know, with Margot Robbie, who just vanishes at the end of the film, like she has she she still you, you don't know what happens to her. You assume she gets killed, maybe, but I don't know. It wasn't really clear
1: well if you could see in your tiny little phone she dies of an or- of an overdose in her 30s oh missed that so, like they do like a little montage when manny is older in the 50s and he goes to the like before he does that they show like all these newspaper article clips of what happens and like <laughs> down in the bottom right corner it says like silent film star so-and-so dies of overdose of accidental mixture of uh like barbiturates or something
0: okay yeah okay, i missed that all right why yeah, yeah but then so, but the ultimate thing of course was 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 manny at the movies at the end which is oh, so yeah, with the with that long montage of uh, of films right. and stuff so like he's gonna marry her he tells her we just gotta go over here to do to get this and then we're gonna go to mexico and the bad guys catch up to him um she vanishes i wasn't sure if she walked out or if they got her or what i think she she
1: vanishes she just, she leaves, just him she leaves him again yeah.
0: yeah after like after like you know saying okay we'll get married and they, they crash like somebody else's wedding and hang out there for a bit again you don't need that scene. but then Manny shows up at the there's two guys and they're trying to get out and this guy this you know this henchman shows up murders the other two guys the magician and then the other guy and then manny wets himself the guy feels sorry for him and then he just leaves for mexico comes back and you watch the whole of cinema split out before you in like a three-minute montage everything from you know al jolson to avatar and he's just crying at the end of it. It's all so beautiful. I'm like all these yeah.
1: people died.
0: It's also it was all worth it. Like, so like yeah
1: okay. The, it's a that's an ethos, so I guess.
0: <laughs> so like yeah, Whiplash, where you have, you know, vague and complex characters that function like people, and a very clear message, or at least the opportunity to take from it a clear message. Here you have a bunch of cliched nonsense, and also a clear message at the end which is terrible like what is I I don't But like that kind of can't be like that can't be the point of this all is that like it's okay to behave like this in order to make the movies I don't understand like what is it I don't know
1: I, I think that there's just always going to be this tension between doing art that you truly believe in and trying to live a life and I I don't know if it it, the other problem I see in this movie is that whiplash was far more believable because if you've ever met anybody who's actually creative, it takes an unbelievable amount of discipline to learn how to do it right and do a good job. You know, like you're you're gonna practice for hours and hours and you're gonna give up things that most people wouldn't give up, you know. Like in whiplash, he dumps his girlfriend and he doesn't spend time with his family and he skips his classes and stuff like that that's how it is. That's how people who succeed in these things have to do it. Because if you want to get good at it, you got the time. Whereas in this movie, you know, I I know it was done excessively and it was supposed to be kind of silly and, and all over the top, but like you don't sit around drinking all day long and then just get up and like make out with your co-star and shoot this shot where the sun's behind you and everything. And it's perfect. You know, like you spend most of your time drunk you have your assistant running around for you. Everything is absolute chaos. Like that's not how people do creative work, in the slightest. <laughs> you know, and everyone who did do that stuff, drunk or high, either killed themselves or their work eventually started to suffer. You know, it's just that's just how your brain fun- your brain can't function that way. So when you're watching them all do these things, and it's like you gotta be a little crazy to make a movie. Yes, but these people are absolutely, utterly insane. (laughs) You know, like movies aren't made like this. This is the metaphor is stretched to the breaking point. Yeah. Then it it stopped being funny and started being gross.
0: Right. And that's basically where I was by the end of it. Like everything about this ended up being pretty revolting. And it culminates, of course, in the appearance of my favorite actor and yours, Toby McGuire.
1: Yeah. That whole scene. And, like, at that point, I was like, all right, it's supposed to be weirder than the other stuff. But I I don't know
0: what the metaphor of that stuff was. Yeah, I don't. Like So, so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, he's supposed to be a gangster and Margot Robbie's into him for $85,000, which I...
1: (laughs) Great, IMDb, IMDb is like two million
0: dollars. Yeah, I looked that up. it up. was like one point five million dollars. Like, wow. wow, ridiculous! He's just betting on the ponies. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Like, so, all right. <laughs> the only funny bit about that was that he calls the magician guy, who's 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 usually their coke dealer, and he's like, "Can you get us money?" And he's like, "Yeah, I can get you money, no problem." So he goes and he, you know, shows up with like a suitcase full of cash they're gonna go pay off this guy and he's just now i usually don't like T. W mcguire and i didn't like him here but this was the most interesting thing i've seen him do in quite some time because but like it also re- reminded me of like i don't know like a freshman college play where like you're, like you're supposed to be crazy here so you know just be crazy man and like there was yeah, no basically. direction or specificity to his insanity. It was just like like what, what was he have tuberculosis or consumption? i was gonna say was he <laughs> like, supposed yeah. to have like well, I thought he had um uh, syphilis or something, <laughs> like like al Capone, you know? <laughs> he looked like Doc Holiday in, in uh, um in Tombstone. I like yeah. I didn't know what the point of this was. Yeah, like he was supposed to be I guess he was supposed to be like sick, so he was
1: he was so rotten on the inside that it was like matching his outside. So I'm like, oh, there's a
0: metaphor for you. <laughs> and like, he goes and puts on like like pancake makeup just to leave the the house. Yeah, yeah. And but and then they, t- they take him to that mine shaft where there's. Yeah. It's, it's. I mean, if you thought the orgy in the beginning was depraved.
1: Is that what it's supposed to be? Like a, a dark reflection of that?
0: Yeah. Basically, the, the, way, the what I took out of it, and I did skip forward through a lot of it, like, you know, the house was dark and creepy in the beginning, but it was also, everyone was, it was having a, a, a good time. This, like, the party had a band and was a party, and it sort of devolved into an orgy. This you didn't see the beginning of it, but, like, it just is what it was. It was people just having the most depraved physical encounters you could think of. You know, stuff with, you know, bondage and people who, who've who been mutilated and, like, really vile things. And, like, there was an elephant in the beginning and there was an alligator at the, you know, at the yeah. end. And, like, the, the piece de resistance is this bizarre masked juggernaut who's eating live rats for cash oh
1: no you're the great
0: humongous <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you're like oh my yeah, he's god live mice. but like, the funny bit I thought was that, is, like, this? is that the, the magician guy says it's prop money like yeah like, and I'm thinking like why would he do that other than for the fact that it's funny it's going to get them into trouble in about 20 minutes and it does and yeah like it's just like that was uncomfortable like i didn't i didn't like watching that i was sort of done with the film at that point i was that's why i think i missed the bit about her 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 it over- was i was like sort of like jumping ahead 10 seconds just to get to the to the point and then yeah yeah i was like this is but yeah it was yeah
1: pretty- it was the only part where i was like i i don't know what the point of this is yeah like i i didn't know I mean, I guess it's a mirror version of that first scene, but I was like, why are we here? Why are we watching this? Like, if they're gangsters and she owes the money and they're giving him the fake money, what's the point of stretching this scene out to see his bizarre funhouse of of freaks, you know? Because once you find out that the money is fake and he's like sweating and he's nervous that he's going to somehow find out, it, it keeps going on. So I forget that like the money was even there because yeah. they were like in like a dungeon I mean you could barely see anything anyway you know? yeah which was fine man you saw enough.
0: But I, was, <laughs> I didn't need to see any more than I did you know but
1: but I was like uh, just say she owes money and the gangsters are coming I'm like why do I have to to do this it was like an extra half an hour you didn't need the movie was long enough
0: I mean you literally could have cut the film in half yeah Like at they, that point I was really like oh, you, now
1: you've lost me yeah Whereas like, the rest I, of it I was like, oh, I get it. Okay.
0: Like I get the point of it in the sense that like we you know, this is what happens over time when you know, things fall apart. This is just you know, what can what can go wrong? Like
1: Yeah, I mean, well, this is on like another level. You're right. You know, but like I and, just like, didn't Toby McGuire even says, like, Oh, I have movie ideas. Like he's supposed to be like the idiot that like because yeah. I'm some sort of gangster,
0: I have some notes, you know? Yeah. It just... I got the point. It wasn't complex. It just wasn't necessary. Like, you're right. Like, you just didn't need to be there.
1: Yeah, just didn't need to be there. So... Um,
0: so, yeah. Is there anything, anything you really didn't like? Anything I really didn't like? Uh... I mean, no, I didn't like the movie, <laughs> so, like, I I mean, I can't think of anything about it that, like, uh, I guess, aside from that, like, that dungeon scene, which we really just didn't, I think that was when I was just totally, because up to that point, I, w- I, I, I found the whole thing compelling, like, I would look forward to lunch and go, hey, I get to sit down for 15 you know, 30 minutes and eat my lunch and watch this insane little romp here. This is kind of exciting and weird. And I wonder what's going to happen. And then at that point I'm like, okay, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to watch this anymore. I want it to be over. And like, that's a, not a good feeling. Like I, when you're sitting there going, I, I wish this was not happening. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I wish I was doing anything else. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I wish, I wish this wasn't <laughs> happening to me right to the second. So like, that 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 was sort of it for me because it just it was unpleasant and I you know I don't need sort of the 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 you know the joyful simpleness of you know Aquaman but at the same time I uh, you know I I have to draw the line somewhere I think I had to draw draw it at that point it's like okay well this is where I I get off the bus so anything that you particularly didn't care for. Uh.
1: I mean aside
0: yeah from all that
1: the rat eating you know I mean yeah. I, I really wish that they had anchored the story to Manny in a way that made him like a person and yep. not some walking cliche because he starts that way mm-hmm. where where you're looking at it you're like okay here's the guy because he's Mexican in the 20s and he clearly is going to have a hard time getting to the top just because of that you know he'd do anything And then like For a good chunk of the movie he kind of disappears Brad Pitt is the center of, the, of attention And so is yeah, Martin Robbie. Sure. And then he's because he becomes Brad Pitt's assistant And he's basically the gopher And his his point of view sort of disappears into the background For a while until all of a sudden Boom now he's like an executive And he's like a producer And he like shoots up the ladder really quick But even then He you know how does he feel about those things? And he's with a girl in one scene, but he's still pining after Margot Robbie just just because you need to have them be you know have a thing. You know, there's no real reason for either of them to actually like one another because that's not they're not really people. I, I just when you look at La La Land and you look at Whiplash, you know those characters border on cliche a lot too. But there's mm-hmm. enough of them that that they're still people you know yeah. you feel for them you, you spend most of your time with them and this movie didn't have a character like that and he was the closest thing and i just wish they would focused on that more because whenever the, the scenes were not on him i was like whatever happened to that guy well, i thought he was the main character and then he <laughs> <come Pucci>? <laughs> where everybody should be saying where's poochie yeah. and then when he would come back he would just like be in another mode like now i'm the head of this company
0: yeah and no he didn't now carry that with them to wear blackface, And
1: now I'm telling the lesbian to get lost. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, doesn't the man not have any morals or feelings or thoughts on that? But, and I, I about, and like I felt movie. bad
0: like that, you know, he doesn't have that moment where he realizes what he was doing was wrong. And if he does, it comes in the, you know, when he's kneeling in the puddle of his own urine and he, that's and not a redemption thing for him. Like When he comes back with his, with his family, to LA, you know, later on to watch movies like that's not a moment where he realized, well, you know, like this was all not a good thing. Like there were there were problems with this, and like, we we all made terrible mistakes. That never happens. We all need that to happen because we feel that way <laughs> as the audience, but we don't get that from them, and that's and I think also too, like you were saying, like Whiplash, you know, has cliched characters too and it does and i think it's if you if you're in i was talking to a lady the the other day whose husband is a percussionist and i said has he seen whiplash and she's like yeah he doesn't like it (laughs) because no musicians like that movie because it's really like there's nobody in that that movie enjoying playing music and so i i kind of get that like if i was in that business too i would be like yeah this is stupid because This is what people who don't know what we do for a living or what we, you know, or how we got good at what we do think of what we do or, you know, it's like the rich guy who doesn't know how to be, or like the poor guy who is now rich doesn't know how, how to spend his money on what it means to be wealthy.
1: It's like if you watched Entourage and thought that that's really how it went. Like that was all the business side of everything. You didn't see them do any art in Entourage. Right. Like that was the gag. Like every time you actually see him acting and you'd be like, God, he's awful. (laughs) like The movies movies look stupid, but it's it's not about that. It's about how do we get the movie made and how do we get our money and things like, whereas this is like the opposite. Yeah. And neither of them are an actual representation (laughs) of what actually happens. If you're, you're like, if you're one of those people, you're probably watching it. Like, that's not what you do. (laughs) Yeah, it really so, look like that? Yeah, and
0: so, like this is you know, whiplash turned up to eleven, but it also, it's a more familiar art form. I mean, acting and making movies and plays and things, anyone can do that. Like you don't like, I can't play a trumpet, but I can stand and talk in a room, and so like there's a, there's a, a certain connection with the theatrical arts, be them uh, you know on stage or in film where you really kind of understand how the whole thing works and how it doesn't work, even if you, you don't make movies or, or or act in plays. So there's a mean, connection with that thing where there isn't that with with music. So we have less patience for the lack of a relatable character in this film.
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody sees movies and you're watching one at the time.
0: Yeah, not, it's not, happening right now. Yeah, not not everybody goes to a jazz concert right or even listens to jazz i mean it's not a it's no longer as popular as it was by you know a billion percent you know it used to be everything and then it was just gone so this is
1: it was, an, it was interesting
0: but it wasn't fun to watch no i if they edited it i'd, I'd be curious to see what you could make out of it
1: yeah i don't know it, it's well, i don't know
0: whatever <laughs> Interesting. I, I do not recommend Babylon. No, you can skip it. yeah no. you can watch the Batman again if you want to. It's the
1: same length. Yeah, if you really want to, <laughs> ooh, watch uh, Black
0: Panther, <laughs> the second one. <laughs> hey, yeah. <ooh. laughs> Well, if you guys out there want to tell us that we're wrong, you can let us know on Twitter or Instagram. We are at Three Drinks in Pod on both. You can tell us on Facebook. You can email us at Three Drinks in at gmail.com. Uh, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Amazon Music, or Google Podcasts. Uh, don't forget to buy merchandise over at com. Anything else? No, that's it. All right, as always, please drink responsibly and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.